minute. Crossface. The Daily Talk Show. A conversation sometimes worth recording with Josh Jansen and Tommy Jacket. It's a Daily Talk Show episode 149. Happy Friday, Tommy Jacket. Yes, it is Eve of our 150th. Actually, not Eve, because we've got to go through the weekend to get to Monday. But, mate, I was just thinking... How many shows have we weathered now since you've been away? I don't know. Um, How long have you been away 25? You've been away for a bit over a month. I've been, yeah, it would be, I would say probably 20 plus episodes we've done uh, remotely. Crazy. I actually can't believe we haven't missed one. It's full on. It's putting the pressure on. Like I've, um, today I've started getting sick. Oh. And um, so I, I sort of am happy that it's happening now on a Friday. So I have Saturday, Sunday to sort of recover. I'm, so I'm hearing some, um, some blame of the daily talk show for your sickness. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, no, everyone's been getting blame. It, and when I get sick, Brie gets so upset with me Why? because she's been well because she was she's been sick for about a week. And then with like a sore throat and yeah. coughing up blood, all good stuff like that. But um, all of a sudden, JJ starts getting a niggle in his throat and the world's ending. Oh, I've so actually I heard. I feel like a, yeah. I've heard you say this. You you t- it's, the, it's the man flu at scale. Yeah. It's like yeah. you're the least well, manly like man. Massive you're least man manly baby. man. And then for some reason, yeah. you start beating your chest like a silverback when you get a bit of a cold. <laughs> I don't know. No, it's just yeah. No, I don't. I don't handle it that well. Uh, but um, you just no. That's okay. It's yeah. good for me to be sick rather than you because normally you've been sick so much lately. So I'm yeah. happy to take one for the team. Well, I, yeah, I have been, and I it was a little bit of something creeping in, and then I was filming with Craig Harper, who was sick. He's been sick for a couple of weeks as well. It's just it's it's no good. Everyone. It's very hard. You can't say it's the season because we're in completely different parts of the world. No, it's definitely the season here because it's winter and there's something going around. Yeah. But um, it's I, I know I've got that sore throaty thing when I've been traveling because it's not like you've been busy. You run down, you get run down from just being, you know, getting up early, get walking a lot. Yeah. Like it, you're exerting more energy than you do in Melbourne. And you're walking around. Yeah, it sounds like a dumb thing to complain about. But yeah, I definitely uh, feel it. We went to um, Auschwitz today. And um, so that that was one of those sort of experiences where it takes a lot of um, energy. Like you're thinking about it mm. and you're processing all these like horrendous things. What's that, the um, vibe like? That happened. Yeah, well, it's like the when you go on the bus, the bus is about an hour and a half from... Uh, you're driving for an hour and a half from Krakow and um, you watch like the tour that we did. Um, basically, you're watching a documentary at the start, which was a good way of doing it because like just with the lack of knowledge that I have on everything, it sort of fills <laughs> in all the gaps. So mm. you have a bit of an understanding. But um, yeah, the vibe, it was... It, it was intense what they were talking about and everything like that but it's it's done it's done in a a way where there's so many sort of they've got you know photography they've got like um 
yeah, it's like a museum, right? Mm. So they've got so many examples of, you know, they've got just pie. Like the thing that I found probably the most moving was the the hair. So all the the people who had their, you know, the Jews that had their heads shaved, there was like, I don't know, I don't even know how to describe how much hair. There was just like this humongous pile of hair that they've actually preserved holy shit and um so it was things like that so it was like the hair there was like shoes like so many um like old shoes and glasses and basically what would happen was um uh the jews were 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 told to bring their things and Mm. what happened when they arrived was uh all of their stuff got taken and got put into the, what was known I think it was like Canada shops and it was basically like prosperity shops and it was they would go through and clean up all of the jewelry and stuff like that and they mm. would uh, sell it and also send it back to Germany and stuff like that for people to wear so I mean I knew knew nothing about all of this stuff so it was um, yeah it was super interesting it's crazy and who who's running the tour? Is it a German person? Is it like is it a, is no? So it's a, it's it's a pole because we're in Poland. It's oh, sorry, a, yeah. a Polish. It's a Polish person, and um, yeah, they've just they've they've got so much sort of background on all of all of the different stories, and there's all these rules that have been created by the um, I guess like the victims' families, mm. where for instance, there's no restriction on how many people can go to Auschwitz. So there's so when we went it was really crowded. Oh, and wow. so basically they um when they were creating those rules they never expected that they would have the sort of interest that they have today. So our tour guide was actually saying that there'll probably be a point where they have to relook at those types of things. Yeah, too many people going. It's like um what you, uh, Alcatraz. So many people mm-hmm. at Alcatraz. I mean they yeah. they see it as it's making money for them. I wonder who owns the land, or if it's, is it like the government that? Well, yeah. So it, it'd be there's a there's like a body who looks after and sort of the preservation um, mm. of the of the whole area. But I think the the thing that I wasn't aware of was that um, there's a place called Birkenhau, which is the sort of the second uh, concentration camp, but mm. that's it's way way bigger and that's where basically the mass um killings you know the mass murders happened Mm. where jews were put into um gas chambers Mm. and killed um and so yeah it was it was interesting sort of um yeah getting getting a sense of the history and how how it sort of how it started and how um how it sort of incrementally got worse almost mm. as it was going on um, because at the beginning it wasn't sort of the it wasn't the the uh, gassing of Jews at the beginning that came a bit later as they were almost like rushing to get it all done oh god I went to school um, with a guy who told me that his grandma was from over there and she had a tattoo on her arm which uh, like a number from the from yeah. the camp, I think they gave it to you. I think she survived, mm. and so yeah, yes. Yeah, so there's only a few people that have that because basically that happened 
I, th- I believe in the earlier <clears throat> days when it was just Auschwitz before they'd built out the second camp. Oh, and yeah. because by the end of it, there was, I think it was something like there was only in some cases, um, it was only a few days between when you would arrive and then when you were killed. Yeah. So um, they, when they, I think there was uh, over a million people uh, were killed basically in, mm. in these camps. And so by the end of it, they, um, yeah, none of the, the Jews who were um, uh, murdered in Birkenau in the second camp, none of them had the tattoos, none of them had the official photos taken. That was more um, political prisoners mm. and um, people sort of against the Nazi regime, that, stuff like yeah, that, who had, had that. Because not everyone went to Auschwitz. There was like um, ghettos that were created that were like almost yeah. compounds with like in Krakow. I was listening to a woman recently on a, on a podcast and just this mm. horrible story of um, they used to hide during the day up in the roof and there was a family and there was uh, a bunch of bunch of adults and then two babies and some Germans came to inspect the house because they're always, you know, they're looking for, for people that aren't meant to be there. They're looking for, you know, Jewish people and the baby started crying and they had to put the pillows over the baby's faces and um, yeah. and they didn't survive because otherwise everyone would well, have died. Well, that was the thing. I mean, those ghettos were all around the occupied like throughout Europe where Germany was occupying mm. and um, you know, people went up to like it took nine days to get to uh, the concentration camps and so they weren't told that the Jews didn't know that that's you know that they were going to be going there for one to be murdered or two even they weren't told that they were were going into a concentration camp they yeah, were yeah. actually they thought, okay, like anything can be better than the ghettos that they were in at the time. And so, um, yeah, it's re- like, I feel like I'm only just scratching the surface and this, I just, it made me realize how much I want to dig in and find out more and to learn. Mm, this, the thing is, there's so many good podcasts that delve into this history. It's, um, yeah, yeah I can't, I've been quite, quite liking getting into history, listening to some, some new podcasts. Um, yeah, it's. I want to listen to one about the war. Like this stuff fascinates me. My my grandfather was in um, World War Two, and he was born in nineteen oh four, nineteen oh five. So he was fucking nearly born in the eighteen hundreds, which is crazy. Yeah, and it's crazy. Um, and he was captured by the Japanese as, a, and he was a prisoner of war for two and a half years, and unbelievable. But like I remember him telling me. Um, stuff about it, very much um, top line stuff. But I've been told more from my father, my my dad, and my auntie about it. But just like, yeah, it's savage. It's like the hip of the. My point of it is like history. This shit went on. It's so far from our reality. I wanted to talk to you about yeah. how the um, they they've a, a bit of an update actually on the area that you and I yeah. occupy here in Melbourne, Collingwood. Um, that's where our office is, but there's a um, there's been <laughs> it just shows you the difference. Switching gear, uh, theage.com, 30 kilometer an hour speed zones to be enforced in Melbourne's inner north. Um, they're changing, Josh, in Collingwood and Fitzroy 
they're doing in residential what a areas. Segue. I mean, this is what I hate about the um, <laughs> the project is that they tr- they talk about serious shit yeah. and then they somehow do a sort of this sort of giggle this awkward giggle it's like okay change of pace now yeah and then it's, they go I, into a like i mean it, 100 it's, it's hard, is a gear shift for something like this i mean we, we're yeah. not do it we can't do a whole episode on on uh yeah exactly on your day but i'm sure i hope that we get a food yeah. update because josh's food diary i wouldn't mind to hear a bit do you that, say a food update yeah, you haven't done a food diary update. Uh, yeah, I have. I didn't eat that much. Though. I did have a burger from a, a New Zealand um, burger place, which was good. But um, um, no, 30, 30 kilometers an hour. So whereabouts is this? Just in Collingwood? Yeah. So they're, they're saying just in Collingwood, um, speeds will drop thirty kilometers on residential streets in Collingwood and Fitzroy from September, in a move to be an Australian first. It's understood that it will serve as a test case, and the new speed limit could be proposed for other areas. In Melbourne, it's interesting because my friend did a poll. This isn't pulling all of Australia. This is just my friend's Instagram feed. So, just see small. How many followers has he got? <laughs> he's actually got over three thousand. So he's classed as an influencer, okay. and seventeen uh, percent okay, sure. have come in and said yes, and a big whopping eighty-three percent of people have said. No, they don't want this. It's a, such a funny thing. It's like the bags doing a good thing for the environment or that's the intended sell on the banning of plastic bags and then 30 kilometer zones the thing that pops to mind when when i hear about these 30 kilometer zones and the sell of helping save lives by reducing the amount of you know people getting hit because you're basically crawling down a street at 30k you could stop yeah anything runs out you could stop a bloody ball goes under your t- you could slam on the brakes i got done <laughs> yeah. i got done um a couple of uh, four weeks ago no probably eight weeks ago remember how we finished up doing the Craig Harper yeah I was there yeah 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 oh man I remember that so I was was you actually got pulled over so yeah I took off from a set of lights I just wasn't thinking so I I went from stationary and I accelerated up and I was going past my mate's house and I was like oh that's my mate's house and then all of a sudden I see this highway patrol car pull me in and it was a school zone the school wasn't even, a school wasn't out. It was like just gone 2.45 or something like that. And I got done for going like 20 k's above the limit, which was still under what that road normally is. And I was just like, they, he, as soon as I pulled in, they just like got another person. They were waiting in this spot where they knew people would just accelerate over the limit from standing. Like... So if people are voting that way, do you think that there's they're not doing a good enough job in communicating why it is important? A hundred percent. Well, I think I I know there is already forty speed limits in Collingwood, and I I just I just what annoys me is just the approach of the police when they could spend yeah. the fucking money on um, having flashing lights that tell you to slow the fuck down. I think it would be more effective than them standing with a gun and just getting people and doing their revenue raising because that's all people think it is, right? When cops are just out trying to get people. 
So from the other side of it, is it is there? I guess there's the argument of the those police are the ones who are going to road trauma mm. incidents and pulling people, you know, pulling people out of cars and and stuff like that. I just think it's probably an education piece. I just I found it interesting when in Germany, how many people were riding bikes and not wearing helmets. Just there was not a helmet in sight. It's not legal. I was just like, you don't have to, right? Yeah. But that's what's interesting. It's like, even if it's not legal... Not illegal, um, sorry, sorry. Like, ille- sorry, not illegal to um, to not wear a helmet. Surely, if the science is there, if the, the, the data is there in regards to saying, okay, you know, you are X amount more likely to die or to have head injuries if you're not wearing a helmet. I just find it super interesting that you can you can go to a different place. And I was like, yeah. oh, I wonder if I went to Germany... If I would like and was riding a bike, whether I would wear a helmet or not. Mm. Well, I think the numbers show that th- those places. I don't think people are actually. I mean, the, the, if you're not wearing a helmet and wearing a helmet, it's pretty clear you'll have a worse head injury than if you uh, aren't wearing a helmet. It's like yeah, it, it's going to happen. But you're right. I think there's there's probably more people riding bikes over there and having um, less issues with this stuff, but. I see, I see what you're saying. Definitely, I think it's their approach because I've the interactions with the police are just they don't care about. It doesn't seem like there's a care factor for other people, and that's the sell of it, which is why they're reducing it so that they can save people's lives. But their their go yeah. and their contribution to it is literally just to to catch people. Like this, you should have seen this yeah. scene, dude. The cop and I said to him. Sorry, mate, what have, um, what's the problem? And I kind of leaned out the window before he got right up to me. You know what he fucking did? He grabbed this... He, he grabbed his, like, um, lapel of his, of his shirt and pressed this thing. Yeah. And he turned on the recording device and he said, yep, yeah, and he just looks down at my car and he's like, fucking... Blah, blah, blah. Tuscan, you know, Honda, uh, Hyundai Tucson, um, white male, whatever it was. Probably didn't say white male. Yeah. It wasn't profiling me. Um, <laughs> now, now you're fully just creating a story. Yeah, yeah I mean, it adds to it. But he was recording me because he thought that I would blow up. And I get that yeah. he probably gets bogan. And you blo- were going to blow up. <laughs> no, no, no. I was playing it. I was playing it cool. But I was like, what's happening? But he but he just, yeah, he, he got on the defense, which I'm sure... He he has to because sometimes there's hotheads, but he was just yeah. like nah. He was just it was horrible. It was gross, and I and I wish now looking back that I actually he was he was always going to give me the fine. That I just I I really wanted to say, you realise that the money you're fucking charging people, that money could be spent on putting up a few more signs and flashing lights because I because I went back there and there was. Fuck all signs saying that it yeah. was now a forty k sign because I was on the uh, I was on the side opposite to the school, which I mean this isn't about yeah, me denying. Yeah, I don't crime. know. Like, uh, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, for me, I get, I try and reflect personally in those situations. I do a shit job most of the time, but I'm just like, okay, all I can control is the the things that I can control. And so that is the the speeding type thing. Like I know when I was in Italy, I was paranoid because I was told all these stories where you'd just get basically a credit card charges 
um, from the rental car company mm. or whatever when you get back from all the fines. We knew people who had like half a dozen fines that they came back to. So, I don't know, may, but I guess the thing is that interaction that you had with that copper has resulted in you um, thinking more and being more aware of your how fast you're going. Yeah. Yeah, it's like when I was sitting in traffic and a cop knocked on my window and I was, I was stationary, yeah. mind you, and I had my phone in my hand and I got a fi- nearly $500 <laughs> fine. And I can tell you... You didn't I, give it to you. I don't, I don't do that shit anymore. 99% yeah. less. And I get it, that's yeah. the point of fines, right? But I also, I also think that there will be a lot of people that wouldn't have, it wouldn't have this effect on. I don't think this is the yeah. exact result of what a fine does people get pissed off people are you know having habits but look if it if it's a th- if it's 30 kilometers i'll drive the 30 kilometers because it becomes law but there will i don't so you, so that you're saying it's like so there's so there's someone or there's a group of people that are lobbying for this and then what's their agenda on this like is it purely the safety thing is that all it is? Or is it something to do with local government? I don't know that they're trying to yeah. win over people. Um, with, with you know, like I, I was walking through St Kilda and there's like, um, it must be a local election coming up. And they're all, they've all got their cell on, and you know, they hand out those flyers with like, you know, mm-hmm. the MP, yeah. local St Kilda MP. And this one guy. All the dot points of what they, we're go, yeah. they're going to do yeah. type of thing. I can't yeah. even remember this guy's name, but I looked at the flyer and I, and I looked up at him and I was like, holy shit, that's you. <laughs> and he said, yeah, that's me. <laughs> I was just trolling him. And anyway, I walked off and I started reading the flyer. And his cell was um, CCTV being installed throughout Port Phillip, St Kilda. And I was like... They're just lit, they're selling in that there's going to be a few more cameras. It's like, geez. Yeah. I feel like if I was a politician, I'd be real big on the CCTV. Oh yeah, like um, every bike has just, its own alarm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Good throwback. Uh, no, but I think that um, yeah, I don't mind the the uh, that idea of being watched and stuff. I feel safer if I know that there's like lots of security cameras when I walk into buildings. Mm. I'll, I'm always looking out to where the cameras are. Even I'm quite paranoid. I think I've spoken about this already, especially going to the dodgier hotels. I'm sort oh, of yeah. looking around, seeing if there's sort of any concealed cameras or any bullshit like that. But, in, um, in the rooms. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. It's a little bit... It's probably a little bit paranoid. <laughs> Did you hear about this, um, this, this thing that's going around? I saw an Insta story about it uh, from a friend. The... Uh, the Queen photograph. Have you heard about this? No. What, what's happened to the Queen? So, when well, no, I so basically, there's this uh, this quirk, this parliamentary uh, in this parliamentary rule book that means this is. I'm just reading off the Guardian here. Quirk of parliamentary rule book means the Australia uh, means Australians are entitled to pictures of the monarch, Prince Philip, and other national uh, nationhood material so basically because we're part of the commonwealth mm. we can request a photo of the queen through our mp <laughs> and they give it to us for free get stuff that's so funny yeah. so 
So uh, I feel like this is 100% something that you should um, get around. But Vice did an article about it. And now like the Guardian sort of <laughs> writing uh, an article about the fact that MPs are being bombarded with requests for free portraits of the Queen. <laughs> genius, genius. I love this. So you know how when you turn 100, this is the cell. You turn 100, you get a letter from the Queen. Yeah. Just to confirm, mm-hmm. my grandfather... The same guy that was in Prisoner of War, what a hero, survived it yeah. and then lived to 100 like a boss. Um, so and got I'll, the letter? Well, here's the thing. You don't just all of a sudden get a letter. You have to apply to get a letter. So we did apply. Our family wow. did. Well, I didn't. My so it's did. almost like, so the queen isn't doing any, sending any friend requests. You've <laughs> got to send the friend request to her. Yeah. And then she's going through and accepting or denying or might keep you pending for a while, depending on yeah. if you're 98, 99. I wonder if um, some of this shit will change because there's some, have you heard of like the crazy rules around the queen? So I think it's, you can't leave the dinner table until the queen is finished. And so she... She has to. I'm guessing call that's it a only night. when you're eating with the sorry, queen, because yeah. otherwise, because I have no idea when the queen's finishing. So. <laughs> no, sorry, when you're in pre- in the presence of uh, the queen, you can't leave. Yeah. We were talking about who the next queen was going to be, and it's actually it's a really complicated process because there won't be a queen for quite some time. So the next is a king. So um, it, it's it's it's. It's crazy, and this was Amy, my brother and Amy were talking about this, and then we got into this full rabbit hole of trying to search and work it out. I won't even start trying to work it out for you, but go down that rabbit hole of working out who the next queen will be, how, where the, like, where, when did this start, like the hierarchy, and um, just watching one of those um, period dramas from England is not enough. You need to actually yeah. find some real information. What's that? The Queen? What's that show? The f- Amy Watch? Oh, The, the Crown. Royal. The Crown. Fuck. Jeez, yeah. The Royal stuff, people get really obsessed with it. One of the things that I was thinking when watching the documentaries on the Holocaust and all that sort of thing and, and being in Auschwitz today was I was thinking about what we put up with um, in society around, say, the rhetoric that's used by Donald Trump and some of the things that he says. And I I was starting to think even about North Korea and I'm like, you know what, The uh, there's these little patterns that start mm. to emerge. You're like, hang on, how are, how are some of these little things that like at the very beginning, oh, this is, this is what Hitler said or this is, you know, mm. you, you can see a pattern and then you see in today's day and age you start seeing leaders or people from other country you know um, foreign leaders start using similar language or similar ideas i think that um i'm always someone you know this i'm pretty fence sittery in a lot of things where i'm like uh, everyone's got their opinion mm. i'm not smart enough to really have an opinion so i'm just going to sit on the fence and watch and ask questions and then depending on what the topic is and what i've sort of come to the conclusion with based on what information i have versus today i think i had a moment of just being like yeah, fuck this. Like, fuck all these things are being said. Or like mm. Kim Jong Un, like with you know the you know the the fact is that he's probably got. Well, I won't say the fact is. Allegedly, there's you know concentration camps and you know all of these things happening in North Korea. Um, 
I started to reflect on my own sort of, uh, you know, maybe laughing at some of the shit that he does, you know, mm. and I, um, you know, posts that you see on social media about him and you think about actually there's probably or there is a lot of people who are affected by this regime and we don't even really know the limits of how bad that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's, everything's playing out in a different way because in a in a civilised country, they're not going to do what happened. Well, at this point, they're not going to do what happened in Auschwitz now. But things are playing out completely differently. So we're seeing stuff in a new way. So like, you know, living... Well, what's going to stop it from happening? That, I guess the thing is that it's the um, the Nazis were hiding. You know, they were open about the fact that they had concentration camps. What they were trying to hide was the fact of the the mass murders, the killings. Mm. And so, um, you know, that's the thing. It's, yeah, I just think that um, I walked away thinking to be more skeptical of things rather than just sort of accepting that, ah, it could never happen in 2018. Mm. Um, And sort of saying to reflect and being like, actually, if that was, if I was put into this situation today, if I was rounded up, put onto a train, I mean, I'm soft as fuck. So I like, I can't even handle the slight throat, sore throat that I have right now. You're finished. So it does give you that... Yeah, you got you do get a little bit yeah. of that sort of perspective, but um, well, I went yeah, to um, well, I I talk, I've spoken a lot with friends and and I've said about like if a world war happened again, I was like, as if, yeah. and when you go to a place like New York or LA, I was like, as if there's going to be missiles coming in and hitting New York City or like you know like what it was like in London. There was bombs, you know, bombs being dropped over London. I was like, as if that's ever going to happen. But the way that I think it will happen is probably not how it would happen if it was going to. It would be different war. I mean, not to become, not to become like a conspiracy theorist show or stuff like that. But um, yeah, like they could, you know, yeah, (laughs) they could shut down like a whole the whole electrical grid or Mm. whatever. In Australia, like what would happen if that if we lost electricity? Like if they um, sort of, there's a lot of talk. I made a, a documentary on sort of um, around agriculture and stuff at the end of last year, and there's all these people who their jobs are in food security. Mm. So basically, it's making sure that um, you know that we we have food that we're growing our own produce versus being reliant on um, other countries. I tell you what, the dude who orders Uber Eats five days a week would be fucked. And that person's you. Yeah, that's probably... <laughs> well, not at the moment, but uh, Krakow does have Uber Eats. I'll get so out of here. Is, have you jumped onto the app? It's definitely an option. And had a look? Nah, I haven't, haven't bothered. The, um, the food is just so inexpensive. The food has been so good. The coffee has been so good. Seriously, really? if anyone's going to Europe and they're, they're trying to work out where to go... Um, Poland is, I think, a must, especially mm. like where we've been in Krakow. Like it's perfect to be able to go and just experience um, Auschwitz and, and go there and gain a new perspective. And you know, you'll still be probably as naive as I am, but um, if you just gain like a tiny bit more perspective, mm. and um, I think it's a good thing, right? Yeah, I think you've you've liked the. I I didn't think anything of Poland like before you went there I thought you would enjoy yeah. the Ita- um, Italy and the and the coast 
But uh, well, Italy for me was a little bit more. Italy felt like um, more like a third world country. Italy reminded me a bit of like um, uh, parts of Southeast Asia. Like mm. you walk in front of, like walk onto the road and you'll get hit by a car type of deal. Like they're pretty crazy. Whereas um, Poland is just like super civilized, really lovely. Mm. All of our interactions have been great and. Um, yeah, like it's it's from a from a price point of view too. It's like we're paying like 70, 80 bucks a night for this um, apartment we're staying in. It's really it's nice, want. great area. So um, yeah, but the one thing I would suggest is go on to um, uh, I've just gone blank on the name. Uh, I'll link it in the show notes. What is it called? I I always go on to it. Nomad List. There we go. I won't link it in the show notes because I'm lazy. Nomad List. If you Google that. Basically, you can rank all different um, cities depending on the cost of living. So, say if you're trying to do like what Brie and I are doing where we're like zigging and zagging from expensive places to cheaper places, you can see how much does coffee cost at this place? How much would a a bottle of Coke cost? How much would accommodation cost for a Mm. month? All of that sort of information, Um, which is cool. Just quickly before we finish up and um, while I've got the taste of 7-Eleven coffee in my mouth, not even a sponsor, but well, we bloody give them a, a lot of shout-outs. Um, what coffee have you been drinking in, in Poland? <clears throat> Flat white. With what milk? Just bloody dairy. Just, just straight, on, straight just, dairy? Yeah. S- since uh, leaving Melbourne, I've left my almond milk sort of uh, shtick behind and just going for... Just not wanting to complicate it because I feel like almond milk can be such sort of a hit-and-miss type of thing. Mm. Yeah, but, I, um, when I'm traveling, I go with the coffee that they can stuff up the least. And that's yeah. usually just either one with milk espresso or... Espresso and stuff. Yeah, espresso. Yeah. That's, I mean, if you're just wanting a hit. But it's interesting. Yeah, no, Poland is is uh, really great. And the other thing too, which I never used to do, we started doing on this trip, we've done it in probably four, four or so cities, is the free walking tours. Mm. So they go for like an hour and a half normally a uh, couple of hours two and a half hours whatever and um, basically you just give them a tip at the end so for the Poland one like for uh, Krakow I think we probably gave the equivalent of 15 Australian dollars and um, yeah you just learn you get to get a few steps in walk around get a sense of this place learn the history um, when you get back better than yeah go on can we do a walking tour of Melbourne because I'm sure Absolutely. this shit would learn. Not only that, I was thinking that it would be cool. I was like, man, I wonder what it would take to um, to do give a tour. Like what? how much information we would need to be able to... Like I wonder what the training's like. But I did have a moment of like, oh, I wouldn't mind doing it. But the problem is then they would ask me where the um, what the biggest mountain is in Australia <laughs> and I would just sort of crumble. You know so, what? Um, I could do the yeah, tour of... All the naughty shit I used to do in the city. Here's where we used to buy yeah, fireworks. Good. Here's where we used this to access. This is where I vomited on the corner. Yeah. Here's where we used to access the um, the subway system through a secret entrance. Uh, yeah. But yeah, definitely. Here's the best kebab shop Outrageous. when you're pissed at 3 a.m. <laughs> so I, I've um, got it covered. I, uh, it's early where you are. It's not that late where... I am, but because I've been up since uh, five o'clock, I'm, I'm starting to feel it. So, word of the day, we'll start back again 
on uh, on Monday, and that will be our hundred and fiftieth episode. Oh, so we need people to email us hi at the daily talk show.com. We'll do a lightning round of word of the day and we'll include multiple words as a celebration up to 50 words i'm gonna say to celebrate 150 just um we'll probably <laughs> we'll get three uh, just between you and i josh i didn't think that was how we'd celebrate our 150th show uh really mate i know i've gone all out i know you weren't expecting it but um uh, where, where are you uh, gonna be for monday's show uh i'll be in it depends when we yeah i'll be in paris Oh, amazing. We're, uh, we're meeting uh, our mates in Paris and then we're heading to the south of France. So that's what our week entails. Amazing. Well, you awesome, enjoy mate. yourself. All right. It's the Daily Talk Show, everyone. Hope you have a great weekend and uh, feel free to send us, send us emails. We like hearing from you. Uh, we've been getting a bunch from Michelle, from Trev... Russ. Um, trying to think who else. Russ. And uh, yeah, we, we love hearing from you. So feel free to email us. Hi at the dot com. We'll see you on Monday for episode 150. Catch ya.